This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus. Rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So, see mcdonalds.com for full details. Welcome to the Ale and Vale podcast. It's the 30th of December and it is the last Ale and Vale podcast of the year. Not heavy of the year. You don't get away that easy. But yeah, what are you? We're going pause. dramatic pause there just to make it all think. And then you probably knew where I was going because you probably know me better than I do. But there we go. Uh, we're going to discuss last night's game. But before we do, Johnny, you just want to have a quick talk about Daryl Clark's post match interview last night? Yeah, I, 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 let's start at the end, shall we? Um, Clarky's interview was a bit of a surprise. I didn't expect him to shoulder the blame as much as he did, but it was a nice surprise. And then I think what what he what he said to end it about 2022 is is really important. Do you know what I mean? Like two two years ago, before Daryl Clark took over, Christmas period, we lost four three to his Warsaw after being two up. We lost two nil to one of the worst Barrow sides I've ever seen. We drew nil nil with Bradford, and then we lost four nil on. Second of Jan, I think it was at the time, to Mansfield. So, I think some perspectives needed. Two years later on, we're ninth in League One and losing two 0 at Hillsborough. When the Wednesday podcast that I jumped on earlier in the week, they sent me some messages last night and actually said that we were one of the best teams they've seen at Hillsborough this season. Um, they they really liked Sammy Robinson again, so like that's I, I don't like people saying nice things about Sammy. He's ours. Um, but yeah, I, I just some perspective into it. There's going in my ratings. There's going to be some players that get trashed. So Nathan Shapland will probably turn off now because your mate's going to get a right by looking again. Um, you give me a bit of grief about it, but um, I was torn between the Mourinho. If I speak, I'm in trouble. Gif. Or just going full barrel, but I, I, I can't, I can't hold off. 
So, yeah. And we will judge the players on last night's 90 minutes when we do the ratings and talk about them. But I think you're right to say, start of the season, if someone had offered you, we're ending the year ninth in League One, three points behind the playoffs. If they'd offered you this last Christmas, said next Christmas, you're ninth in League One, three points behind the playoffs. Someone has asked you what drugs you were on. They'd have thought you were up and in monkey dust with the law. Yeah, they but, would, 100%. So, now, I, and I'll be honest, I obviously I couldn't go last night because I was working, but I watched it. And at half-time, I was a bit torn because half of me thought, do you know what? We might have paid them too much respect here and stood off. But actually, the more I thought, thought about it, and I got the Sheffield commentary on, the Sheffield commentators were saying that's their best 45 minutes. And I don't think that's because we stood off. You look at their players and they have got better players than us. Sometimes you don't want to admit it. But actually, they knocked the ball about first half really well. They kept the ball really well. When we did try pressure them, to centre off the lad on loan from Cardiff, the big lad, it was as calm as anything on the ball. And, you know, his performance really stood out for me. And they just are a better side, Dennis. And sometimes you come up against a better side. Yes, as you said, Johnny, there's some players that had a really bad day. And one of my, I'm going to stick the boot in because he's frustrating me at the moment. And he's probably surprised people who it is. But I am going to stick the boot in on one just because I'm frustrated. Doesn't mean he's a bad player, but he's having a bad run of form. But there we go. Steve, your thoughts? Yeah, well, I've had a Christmas of the three Fs. Football, food and family. You can put me in whatever order you want. If Sarah's listening, it's family first. Yeah. For the benefit of this podcast, um, it might be different. I come away disappointed because there were moments, the game was a game of moments. The soft penalty, Ellis Harrison, who we'll get on to, he threw a one-on-one, he's got to at the target, he's got to at the target, he scores that. It could almost be a Darby-esque thing. And the second half as well, before the second goal, that one nearly misses a city. But one thing we haven't talked upon, you know, we've got 3,000 fans there and we made some decent noise, but there was nothing back from Sheffield Wednesday. I know it's not a big game for them, but at your Christmas game under lights, I would have expected a bit of a better atmosphere at Hillsborough. It was, from their end, it was flat. When we went, I know Derby's different because um, we've got a similar amount of fans there and Derby's close to us geographically, maybe the way the ground set up. But apart from the odd... Um, Wednesday till I die and Wednesday, they, they offered nothing. I was disappointed by their fans. I thought the atmosphere would have, been, would have been better and it wasn't. But the game itself, I'm disappointed by. Come away this morning, I agree entirely with what Johnny says. We're doing really, really well. And you look through Twitter and stuff like that and the one report veil, which I don't tend to look at. My brother directed me there today. And you think we were in Crawley Town situation, you know. I think just a... I get we're disappointed. You come home, it's late at night. Just a bit of perspective is needed. And when we do the results and talk about the players, obviously some are going to get battered. But it's a microism of a season. It's a one-off performance. It's not what they are over the two years they've been with us or where they're going to end up. It was disappointing, but it wasn't the end of the world. No, And as we mentioned before we started recording, Jack Stevens hasn't had a save to make. We've gone Aylesbury. We've conceded a penalty, which was a penalty. It was, you know, I'm. Yes, it's Conlon's fault, but you know what? It's one of them things that happens. It's unfortunate. It's unlucky. The ball comes over Addison's head. Conlon probably expected Addison to edit, but you've got to anticipate. It hit his hand. It's a penalty. Modern football, it's a penalty. It's harsh, but it's a penalty. So 
we've got done by that, and then we've got done by a moment of brilliance by a lad that's probably on more than half our squad put together. Because he signed from a championship club, and he signed because they offered him more money at Chef Wednesday. So he's not on peanuts. But we'll, we'll get into because I do think, and it's probably a discussion for the Thursday pod when we get back to the normal list, are we just seeing that some of our players are playing to maximum potential and they're hitting the ceiling and when you come up against really good League One sides, they just aren't as good as them. And do you know what? We're talking over 90 minutes. We've been Derby and outplayed them. We've been Plymouth and arguably outplayed them. But I do think some players may be a bit... If we're going to start challenging for the playoffs in League One, which was never the aim for this season and still isn't the aim for this season, there's quite a few players that need upgrading before we're at that place. And I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I'd say that you're probably right. And if players are performing to their maximum, then you've got to give both kudos to the management team uh, and them themselves. Because if you work at your maximum, there's not a lot more you can give. And and I'm with you. You know, Smith, who scored two goals, he scored 18 goals in in this league last year to get Rotherham up. He's a decent player. You know, we haven't got that level of finance to bring... We're not going to be bringing players in from the Championship to play in League One for us. We can't do that. And... I think, you know, we might touch on Crawley later, what's going on there. You know, you we, we have to live within our means and build progressively and it will take time. And I think the fact that we're ahead of where we are, something we've talked about as in our group, will give us more options in January. And, I, and it depends which way they want to go. But yeah, I think you're right, Bess. I think some of the players were just up against players who are better. Yeah. And, and just to clarify something you've said before people jump on you, when you're saying we're not going to bring in players from the Championship, you, you mean we're not going to go to Championship sides and pick yeah, out players no. that are starting in their first 11? Because yeah, obviously sorry, yeah. we've got Butterworth. Before someone says, Steve, we signed Butterworth from Blackburn, because someone will say it, you mean we're <laughs> yeah, not going to put yeah. players out of people's first 11s in the Championship? Yeah. yeah, so just to clarify. Johnny, anything to add to that before we get into it? No, I don't, like I say, I, I think for me, there's there's a, there's a lot of goings on, isn't there? And it's like it's right to be disappointed, and it's it's. I think it's really good to be disappointed that we're we're disappointed that we've gone to Hillsborough and we haven't got something. Like that that shows we were doing something right. Yeah. So we're not a million miles off any anything. Like our target this year was to stay up and. Obviously, like Clark had never admit that 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 is the the main target because he said that that was the first target. But let's be honest, we we all thought that target's probably going to be it in March. So we're ahead of it. We've played pretty much everyone once, and now Chef Chef Wednesday twice, and we're averaging I think it's about one and a half points a game. So keep keeps us comfortably in the league. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm all right at the minute. I just I'm in I'm interested in what happens over the next couple of weeks now. Yeah, I'm me, I'm me. So let's get into it. Pre-match, Johnny, when the team come out, you messaged me. No, was crying emoji. Three five two, which I wanted. So we've got some discussion points already. Uh, big game for Forrester after being out so long. And DJ left wing back says to me, defense over attack. Pat back in the middle. Willow and Addison up front, though, lovey hearty emoji. Mm. For those who don't know what an emoji is, look picture on message. It's a picture message. I'm sure the kids that listen know what emoji is, but we, also, we have listeners from all across the age groups. So for the older ones that don't know, 
it's your face thing on your phone and that's about as well as i can describe it because i'm not a technology person there so right let's go through the talking points no was clark has come out in his post-match said he's had a scan he'll be out for two or three weeks which is a lot better than what they th- feared do you believe it or is he off you've got to take it at face value aren't you i agree steve yeah i, I can't you know if, he's, if that's what it is that's what it is what two weeks takes you to the middle of January, so he could still be off, but it could be just two weeks later than it was. We miss him. A fit once he gets into our team, doesn't he? We do. And makes, it makes us better. So, yeah. And I kept that one short, Johnny, because this is the one I want you to win to. 3-5-2, which is what I wanted. Clark has come out post-match, as you're saying, says, I picked the wrong formation. It didn't work. Yeah, it's hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? And this is why, we, this, this is why you've asked, asked, well, people asked for us to do it this way. I want three five two every every game over three four three, but our three five two just didn't work. And now that's a number of reasons for me. One of the reasons was one of the players I was really happy to see back in the eleven, Tom Pet, looked half a yard off the pace. Now that could be match fitness. He he like others hasn't really played much in the last month. Um, it, it could be the fact that Will Vokes who replaced Barry Bannon and the other two lads in centre midfield are probably on three times what Petty's earning. So obviously the, the amount you earn a week doesn't mean that you're a better like a better player, but overall it, it correlates probably if you look at the who's earning what in the leagues, the better players are earning the top top dollar, aren't they? So um yeah. so yeah, I think that that that, that was the thing. And I, I don't I don't think Garrity helped in the first half in terms of Harrison and Willow went wide and then the, the, the middle centre half of Chef Wednesdays had the freedom to do what he wanted. So Harrison or Willow then came and covered, which then made the easy pass left or right. So I, I don't know if that wasn't working right or if the midfield had been given a different job. So the change at half time was right. Um, the change of, change of personnel surprised me a little bit, but... It, ultimately, you you probably got to say it worked because yeah. we were the team second half. Miles better side second half. So, yeah, that's good. And then Willow and Addison up front, though. I think we were all happy to see that. And, Steve, that just didn't quite click on the night, did it? No, uh, I think there's a reason for that. I thought it was the right formation, but the wrong players. Uh, I get why Jones played left wing back, but y- y- your wing back's so imperative for getting out. And Jones hasn't got the the engine to get up and down or the pace maybe and he's not used to playing there and automatically I just think it's a, re- a really negative way of doing it I under- it's obvious why we did it we were concerned about their players but you could see in the second half when we had more um, more progressive players um, Sammy Robinson and Mal Benning going, going forward it stretched them a bit more and gave them something to think about I think with what Johnny said, their three setter halves had a lot of the ball. We made it too easy for them. In the past, when Willow and Harrison have split, you've seen Garrity press the middle man. Now, for whatever reason, whether that's because we wanted to sit in and we were worried about leaving space and behind him, we didn't do that. And they could knock it a ball, knock it around at their leisure, really. Yeah, that's fair. Johnny, you may as well carry on. A rating for Clark overall? Uh, seven for Clark. I think. He gets a seven because he made the change and it affected it. I think people will be quite surprised by that because obviously we lost 2-0, but he's made the change at half-time and he's also showed the blame for it. 
We've seen interviews previously, which we've disagreed with. A couple of weeks back, was it Stevens conceded one from outside the area? And yeah. he kind of he kind of dug him out. And from our perspective, it looked like it went in top corner. So he, he's done that. So he he's good at the deflective tactics, Clark is. Sometimes he'll bury the player, sometimes he'll he'll shoulder it all on himself. So yeah. he knows he's got what three days until the next game. So burying your players probably isn't the best idea. <laughs> um, yeah. and it helps. So yeah, I think he did the majority of what, what he could with with what he what he had available. Yeah, definitely. And then the stats now, at all time, the stats was Sheffield had had 71% of the ball to all 29 in the first half. I don't know if that come through in the ground, but it yeah, certainly just comes through. Just what you're talking about then, yeah. at half time, I was sent the picture from I follow. Yeah. Sheffield, they had zero clear cut chances. Yeah. How? They had a penalty. I presume they may. Ooh. Yeah. I'm not buying that. A penalty is a clear cut chance. Yeah, you'd say so. Because well, if a striker goes one on one for twelve yards out, that's a clear cut chance. Yeah. So, did it, not, how many clear cut chances you got for us at that point? Zero at that point. So, Addison one on one. He was outside the area when he let go, let go of it though, isn't he? I think that's he takes, his own daft fault though. Well, yeah, it is. But if he takes two more steps forward, it's clear cut chance. Yeah, that's his own daft fault. But we'll get on to that later. So, yeah, that's. But the end possession was fifty-two percent Sheffield, forty-eight percent Vale. Total shots, eight apiece. On target, two for Sheffield, one for Vale, and three corners apiece. So, stats-wise, sounds a very even match. Well, we had 66% possession in that second half. I'm just looking mm. to their 34. So, yeah. I think the telling thing is that they had one shot on target. We had none in the second half. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we'll get into that as we get on some players, but... Yeah, so the stats suggest it was an even game. As you say, first half, what come across is that Sheffield completely dominated the ball. However, as we've already seen, the only chance they had was a penalty, which was unfortunate from our point of view, but it was a penalty. I'm not saying unfortunate because it wasn't a penalty. And then second half, we've had a right good go at him and had him on the ropes. So we can't really say it was a bad performance overall. Yes, some players didn't hit their performance level, but when you look at that and you take a step back and you take a motion out of it at the time, Steve, we've got really go that actually it looks as though we've given them a game there. We did give them a game. And if we, and if Harris in particular had taken the chances, we would have frightened them to death. There was a time when we had, when we had them on the ropes, the first 20, the second half. Second goal was a good goal, obviously killed the game. But yeah, they were there for us. I think that's what I found the most frustrating part of it, really. You know, we go there and on a different day with an, an informed and confident Ellis, it could have been different. Yeah, and that's yeah. but that's just how it is, isn't it? You're not we're not gonna go and win every game, and we're not gonna go to Hillsborough, play him off the park, miss 15 chances and still win. In a game like that, when you get your good chances, you've got to do something with them. And unfortunately, we don't have the players confident and fit at the moment or or available who can do that. And that is our biggest problem at the moment, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. And then, obviously, as you say, Addison had two chances, which Addison at the start of the season scores two goals. There's no doubt about it that Addison scores two goals. Willow had that chance where he cut inside, went across the keeper and was really unlucky. It was a good effort created by himself. That's three, you know... We could have had there straight away without thinking. I think we were all. I think we were all three of us were at the Burton game when Ellis scored that first goal. He's one and one on the keeper. He never looked like missing. 
Yeah. You give him you give him that chance now, he either scuffs it wide, wide, blazes it over the ball, or just his first touch kicks out of play. He's whether we've found the level that he's actually at and the first seven or eight games were a bit of a like a purple patch for him, but he's, he looks a completely different animal to what we had at the start of the season. And if we are gonna and if we are gonna do better and keep progressing the league, we can either upgrade him or he's got to find his form. Maybe it's a latter because we've seen what he can do and he, you know. Yeah. We'll talk about Adam Moody too when we get to Addison. My view is he's a confidence player and his confidence completely shot and he needs a goal and he'll get going again. That's my view, but he is frustrating at the moment. So let's start then, Johnny, in goal. We'll start with you, Jack Stevens. Um, six for Stevens. I think he, he he got close to the penalty. Um, I was it was he was very close to the penalty to be fair to him. Um and you always favour the striker in that situation anyway. The, the the second one, we've we've questioned the goalkeeper's ability versus long-range efforts, but I don't think you can put any fault on Stevens for that one. Um don't know if you've you've seen differently, obviously Bears watching on TV, but from in the stand it looked like it was top corner and sometimes you've got to stand there and go, that's a decent hit. Um, similar to the one that they scored at our place, really. Yeah, um, so, yeah. go on. Watch it on the tally. His starting position was decent. It wasn't like the Bristol Rovers goal where his starting position was woeful. It was a good strike, but I'll give you my view on Stevens in a minute. Yeah, um, I think distribution-wise was a little poor. They looked very... Him and Jones, they both looked very reluctant to pass the Smith at times. Um, and I get it. Do you know what I mean? We spoke about it before. That there seems to be a sort of game plan, but you, you kind of you, you can't avoid one player on the pitch because then it stifled things. And yeah, it was just it's six out of ten. There's nothing major that I thought Stevens did well or badly. So just yeah, Steve. Yeah, he was. I've not seen the goal back in the ground. It looked like he had no chance. That same goal, there are plenty of people more, far more culpable than Stevens. The penalty, again, I was miles away, but it looked like he got pretty close. I didn't think his distribution stood out as being terrible. We've developed this thing of he rolls it out to Jonah in general, try and ping, ping it, which is obviously something he's told to do. I think it was just a Jack Stevens-type performance. He's not been the keeper who's going to make you a, an amazing save that's going to win you a game, but he's competent. I think that's what, how I would describe him as competent. You know, he doesn't drop many, doesn't drop clangers. He isn't prone to Lucas-esque moments of madness, but he isn't making an amazing... An, I've not seen him make one save where I think, Christ, that was absolutely top, top draw. You know, yeah. I think Aiden Stone is capable of making... I'm not saying that I'd have Stone in goal, but I think Aiden's got a world-class save anyway. I'm not sure Stevens has. I've not seen it yet. Yeah, where I said I'd give my view on Stevens in a minute, you pretty much took the words out of my mouth there. I was going to say, I think Jack Stevens is an average League One goalkeeper. And he's one of them players that, as and when we're ready to push further on and look at challenging for the playoffs, we need a better goalie. He's OK. He does his job. He was six out of ten, Johnny, as you say. No, no fault yesterday. But I think he's just an average League One goalie. You know, you see some Exeter highlights, and I know we're fixated with Jamal Blackman because we were linked with him. He pulls off some wielders. Jack Stevens hasn't. We saw the Bolton keeper down Vale Park pull off some wielders. 
you know, there is some goalies in this league. Cam, uh, Dawson who's in goal for Sheffield, although last night he didn't have to. I've seen him pull off some wieldies. I think, question for you then. Yeah. Has he had to? Well, let's... What? How do I answer this? Right, some of the long-range goals he's conceded, he shouldn't have conceded. And I don't even think that's pulling off worldies. I think that's no, just being... I was just about to say, that, that's, that's a different question though, isn't it? Because, like you say, the Bristol one, his footwork was wrong. There's been another couple, the, the Wickham one, again, maybe unsighted, but foot, foot, footwork was, again, was wrong. I don't think there's been a shot that has been against us that Stevens, you think that would be a world-class save. Obviously, the long ranges have gone in. If he saves one, of course it is. But looking, if you look back at him now, there's probably only them two we've mentioned where you think savable. Two at MK, I don't think are savable. They're culpable from elsewhere. The, the second one at Wickham, we didn't close down well enough. You look at the one at Exeter was a great hit. And the two the two Chef Wednesday ones, we didn't close down well enough last night for the second one. The one earlier at Vale Park, that was unfortunate. Like he, he did that really well. So I think like I get we're conceding a lot of goals from out, out there, but I'm not looking at any goal we've conceded and thought he really should be doing better there, like on the whole. But what He's an average shot stopper. I think that's fair to say he's an average shot stopper. Yeah. You'd perhaps take that if his distribution was excellent, his command of the area was excellent. He was really cut. I wouldn't go excellent. I think back to Vale goalies of the past. I think back, good lad. He'd always pull off a worldy save. Jack Anik in your time, Johnny, always pull off a worldy save. As Steve said, Aidan Stone, we've got Exeter last season away where he's pulled off a save from that header that's going and we go 1-0 down, we don't make the playoffs. And remember Mansfield game where Aidan Stone had the entire stadium with a standing ovation because they played one across the box to a striker six yards out. Stone's flung himself across and tipped it wide. I don't see Stevens making any of them sorts of saves and I don't think he's capable at the moment. On the flip side though, Stevens has come out, spread himself a number of times and when balls have been coming into the box and, and stopped it that way, which we've criticised Stoney for not doing. So Yeah, and I, I'm not saying Stone's the answer, by the way. I, yeah. I, for, for me, I, I just think that I agree that there's, he's an average League One goalkeeper. What I think is a bit, a bit harsh on him is, is that, like, I don't... I don't, I don't sit here thinking... Yesterday, he was the problem. And I agree. Long term, in long term, this season, I don't sit there thinking he's the problem. His distribution is a bit of an issue. This rolling it out to Jones is a bit of an issue because it puts us under pressure because we're very, very static. And one thing that really pissed me off last night was Stevens had the ball at his feet outside his area and everyone just stood still. That Sheffield Wednesday stood still because they're like, well, it's your time you're wasting your 1-0 down. But we were so static, it's untrue last night. Yeah. But I just, with, with with Stevens, it's probably going to be out of our hands in a few days anyway for me. I, yeah. I, I have, that, that's my gut feeling. So. And that, I, I won't lose any sleep over that as long as we can get someone in, I'll be honest. Where I'm getting at is the goals we've conceded. I think if we have a Jamal Blackman in goal, if we have a, the lad at Bolton in goal, they save some of them. I'm not going to pinpoint which ones, but they save some of them. And they do pull off the odd wheel to save during half of the season. But yeah, Jamal, I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you, Beth, on this. Um, 
what you're saying, Johnny, yes. You, you're not looking at those long-range strikes and he should have saved that. But a real good keeper would find a way of saving one of those. Could yeah. be any of them. And I don't, I'm not saying it's that particular one for that particular reason. But I just think a better keeper would would make one or two saves and think, fucking hell, that's a great save. And I don't think Jack Stevens has got that or he hasn't shown that to us that, that he's got in his locker. And going back to what I was when I was saying about Stone, I don't necessarily think Stone at the moment is the long term answer. Yeah. And just to re, just to sort of add a bit to the meet with Aiden Stone, he's a twenty two year old lad. I don't expect him to be there yet. For me, I still think Aiden Stone's best development would be to go out to, to League Two and play half a season. That's my view. But we haven't got the capabilities at the moment. We've got one goalie and on loan who could get recalled. We've got a goalie out on loan who's a lunatic and we've got no one else at the club. The chances are that goal, goalie on loan is going to get the loan ripped up anyway. So there's, Both there's, of them, probably. Well, yeah, no, well, that's it. So so, so do, do, you take, do you run the risk of, like Steve mentioned earlier, that we're in a fortunate position that we're not looking like we're going up or down? that you, you, you sit with Stone for the next few months and we help his development rather than someone else helping it and you have Lucas on the bench or do we rip up Lucas's contract, pay him off a little bit and then bring in another keeper? That's that's the sort of question you've got to be looking at. I yeah, think and Putting me on the spot, answering you now, on the spot, put Stone in goal, let him have six months here. If we realistically aren't aiming for these playoffs, which we're only three points off, which I don't think we realistically are, and I don't expect us to be, that's not a criticism. We've got enough to stay up. The only problem comes is if you go on a 10-match losing streak and you get dragged into it, and then you think, God, we could do with a proper number one goalie. And hindsight's wonderful at that point, isn't it? But, and people are going to think I've gone insane for this, or I've been on drugs all day, and I haven't. I've been weak. I think we can see less goals with Lucas in goal than we have with Stevens in goal. I think he pulls off one or two good saves. Yeah, but he's also got three red cards at this point. Yeah, so. probably, probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably. Mate, I but suggested I, bringing Lucas, but I suggested bringing Lucas back. It went, it went down like a lead balloon. Yeah, and I'm <laughs> yes. not suggesting we do that. I'm just saying, as a shot stopper, I actually think he would have saved some of the ones that have gone in. Yeah, okay. What well, I would, I would be in our position now, and it does have its inherent risk. I would be tempted to give Stone. The rest, the, the rest of the season to give you to give him an opportunity. You know, obviously, if we do on a ten game lease, we're going to look like right dicks, and it's easy for us to say that because it's not our jobs on the line. If he does go to shit, but I think Stone, maybe as in the right and, or maybe, just deserves an opportunity to see if he can do it. If we can't, then in the preseason we upgrade. And Stone then can't turn around and say, "Do you know what? I've never had a chance." Yeah. It might be that it might be the opportunity he needs, and we need to find out one one way or another. But it is very, very risky. Yeah, and, and far easier far easier for me to say than management. Yeah, and obviously, if one of the goalies that we've been courting and we really want comes available, and we can get him on a two and a half, three and a half year deal, and he's going to be number one going forward, then yes, obviously you do that. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, I'm. I don't know how well we got into that because of me considering Stevens had a six out of ten and you know nothing's as fault as that. But there we go. Steve, on to you next, and let's start with the right of the back three, which was smudgy. 
No. Yeah. Forrest to start. Forrest to start on the right. It's smudgy. Forrest to started on the right. Forrest to started on the right, isn't he? Yeah, Forrest. Uh, I think he shouldn't have played. I think he's asking a lot of a player who's been out to come back straight into the side and um, against a team who are top of the league, especially where now we're back three, we haven't been conceding many goals recently. So I think he was a bit hard, hard done to. Thought he was okay. Worryingly about Will, worryingly for Will, he got out muscled again in the first half, similar to the goal we conceded at Bristol. The lad just barged, barged him out of the way, whether it's a foul or whether it wasn't open to debate, but I think he should do better. And then he got hooked at half-time. But probably a five, but I think he's got some mitigation. And I think, I don't think he should have played. Johnny? I think the one the way he got out muscled, what you've got to give him a load of credit for is the fact that he got back on his feet and threw himself at it and took one right in the chest from it. So he's looked, he, he's made a mistake and he's, he's atoned for that error straight away for me. Um, I think, and with you, match fitness comes into it. You look at Michael Smith. Is it Michael Smith? The strike? Yes. yes. Uh, got Michael Smith and then they've got 28-year-old Callum Patterson that looks like he's 45. And Christ, I didn't realise he was only 28. Yeah, he's only 28, mate. Christ. He just, he just looks like he's had a good Christmas. Yeah. But yeah, like you, you've got him up there that's very, 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 very experienced, even at 28. He's, he's been around the block and I think putting a young guard in there is, is, is good for experience, but for whatever reason, it just didn't, it, it didn't work for Will. Um, I don't think it was disastrous performance. I think for me, it was a six out of 10. It was all right. It was, it, like I say, he atoned for his error pretty quickly. So we're not, I, wouldn't, I wasn't dwelling on it and I, I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, that was, there was anything terrible about it. So, yeah, decent, decent, but I would have much, much preferred him have three games under his belt coming into it rather than him not being around even on the bench for the last three. Yeah. Why yeah. think he was the one who got hooked at half-time? Why not leave? If we think he's doing okay and he's better on the ball, why not push him out wide on the right and bring Smithy off? Why you know I I wouldn't do that, but why do you think Forrester was the one who was sacrificed so quickly? Smith for me, is, go on. Well, for me, yeah, I was gonna say for me, Smith is the only one that can deal with Smith's aerial ability. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was just going to say they've got a very physical strike force, and Smith yeah. and Patterson they're both very physical. So I think Smithy's yeah. got to stay on. Plus, I think as we alluded to, Smithy and Jones have been playing week in week out. Forrester hasn't been seen him. For Forrester now, we need to stay fit, get a run of games because. There's a player there, there really is. And I've got no issue with bringing him back against Sheffield. He's good enough. He just didn't work on the night. That's my view on him. Uh, Johnny, Smudger in the middle. Yeah, um, six six for Smudge. It would have been higher if we hadn't conceded that second one. I think the defending from him, Jones, was awful for that second one. They both seemed to like not know what they were doing and pointing and talking to each other rather than concentrating on the fact that Smith had the ball at his feet and was going to get a shot off. Granted, he's not known for killing him in from 20 yards out, but we, we neither seem to be willing closing down. I think Jones obviously wasn't because he was on a booking and one, one false move and he was off, but Smith, he really should have, should have just tripped him just two, two steps earlier. 
and to into the booking. But again, hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's yeah. Overall, did his job well. Poor on the ball a little bit in the second half, but he was put in unfavorable positions as well. I don't, and I I don't know. I, I think Smith did all right, but nothing nothing magical, nothing special. So six for Smithy. Steve. Uh, yeah, I thought Smithy was fairly decent. I, he was in a in a match where there's not many contenders. He was up there for one of for my mind of the match really. And that's not because he was outstanding; it's because of the level of everybody else. You got you get what you get when Smithy has the ball. There does seem to be reluctance to get it out to him when he's wide, but against two good centre forwards, he defended well, and they would much rather be up against Will Forrester than Nathan Smith. I I, I thought Smithy was 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 Decent, to be honest. I think he did well in in the circumstances. Yeah, I'm with you both on that. Nothing to add with Smithy. So you first, Steve. I think left side of the back three, the good, the bad, and the ugly last night. Dan Jones. I can't make my mind about. I can't make my mind about this. It was Connor Hall. Oh yeah, Connor Hall started there. I'm going on second off. Yeah, sorry, I'm going on second off. Yeah, Connor Hall started there. Come on, Ben. This is this is much easier than the Dan Jones one when I was going to launch into my part Frank Caparese, part Frank Spencer line. Um, but Coral was just all right. He looked like a player. He looked a bit nervous, maybe, about not wanting to make a mistake. He isn't the marauding left-sided centre-half head of last year who's cutting inside, whipping balls into the box. But then you can't expect him to be. He's gone from bottom end of League 2 to playing as top end of League 1. He wasn't responsible for any of, the, any of the goals. He wasn't responsible for... He didn't make any mistakes that he has been prone to. He was just all right for me. Can't say more than that. Johnny? Yeah, I think I, I think I think he was better second half as well when Benning come on. I, I don't Definitely. think he helped with Jones being wing-back. A couple of times they got overloaded down there because... They, they were switching men and they didn't really know where they were being. And Jonesy was ending up in Hall's position, and then Hall was dragged out wide. It was just a bit of a, it was a bit of a mess, really. I thought first off, um, but yeah, Hall was decent. Had some good touches again. Defended well. I don't think any of the back three really had a obviously poor game. Um, so yeah, another six out of ten, and we we. We just need to keep it settled and I think keep keep tweaking it's maybe not the best for your centre halves. Yeah, that's fair. Nothing add to that one either. Uh, so it's you first, Johnny. Right wing back at start was Massey. Well uh, he got hooked at half time. Uh, didn't no he didn't. He he, he survived half time, no, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he, he went up front, didn't he? Went up yeah. front. Yeah, that's that says everything about Gavin Massey's second half performance then. Thought he got out start time. Um from the performance against Morecambe, and granted it's against Morecambe, not Chef Wednesday, to the performance against Chef Wednesday, you I think you've seen the good and the bad of Gavin Massey in the space of two games. I think first off against Chef Wednesday, he was asked to do a, an unfavorable task of I'm saying we played five at the back against Chef Wednesday first half, not 3-5-2. I'm thinking it was five at the back. I think we played a left back and a right back rather than two wing backs because I didn't really see much wing about either of them. Mm. 
So Mass has done well there, really, in terms of he's got he's got got back when he needed. He's put in a couple of tackles. His his pace got him out of a couple of spots and stuff like that. But offered absolutely nothing going forward. Now, again, feels tactical. So I don't want to be too harsh on him. But then second half, he goes up front and I felt like he disappeared. So it'd be a five for me. Steve? I thought exactly the same. I think that um, he was asked to play right back, basically. And I don't see the point in Massey playing right back. But, you know, what, what, what other options do you have apart from from Sammy? And, you know, we've got the best out of, we've been getting the best out of Gavin Massey higher up the pitch. I'm not sure he's a wing back personally, and I'm certainly not sure he's a right back. Second off, he was anonymous, you know, and he was lucky to stay on as long as he did. Yeah, fair enough. And I must say, first 15, 20 minutes, I thought he did a very good job defensively. He did, yeah. He did all right, you know, but he was, if you, we, were, we were playing five at the back. You can dress up how you want. Yeah. Our, our wing back showed no ambition. And whether that's completely tight, we'll keep it tight in the first 20, 25 or that's because they penned us in. Whatever reason it was, it made it very difficult for our midfield and our forwards to hold the ball when your wing-backs are next to your centre-halves. Yeah, and we just couldn't, we couldn't get hold of the ball, could we? Which didn't help. But yeah, I thought defensively did okay. But as you say, it could have been into half-time because I can't remember him second half. It's you now, Steve, so you can get your Frank line out. Dan Jones, left wing-back. Yeah, well, start with Jones's left wing-back. Thought he was... Bang average, didn't think he offered anything. But again, I think that could have been tactical. You can see why he did it. I'm more interested in his performance in the second half, which is properly split opinion down the old Tinter web. He did some amazing stuff. That not that pass out to Benning that me and my brother like were just looking at each other thinking, did he actually mean you know what I mean? Where Benning just when we should have scored. If he I'm not saying if he meant that, that is one hell of a pass. And he did another one similar. But then he gave the ball away very carelessly. He looked sometimes to centre off like a bit of a luxury player, like a like he had the potential to be a liability. I thought he was more at fault than Smith for the second goal. He was two yards deeper than everybody else, which played Smith on side in the first place. I think that's how it looked to me anyway. And then he's got to get closer. I know he's on a booking, but he's got to get closer, which he didn't. It was a really, really odd performance from Dan Jones. You know, we put, but for whatever reason, we're putting a lot of faith in him. He's having the ball off Jones pretty much, off, a, off the keeper, sorry, off Stevens pretty much every time. We're looking for him to hit the diag. We hadn't got a lot of movement, so it wasn't easy for him, but he didn't look like, I didn't have a lot of confidence in him last night in the middle of our back three. I really didn't. Yeah, and as you say, some amazing passing and then giving the ball away very cheaply and a very rash tackle after he gave the ball away that got him a booking and was lucky, he was to, stay lucky on the pitch. to get sent off as well. Very Sorry, lucky not to get sent off. Should, I think he should have been sent off. He should. He I should. Can, no... I can see why he wasn't, but he, he, he should have been sent off. The tackle itself that he got booked for was a yellow. He, he's probably one that's in, in the orange category. I know there isn't an orange card, but what pundits love say, oh, it's one of them that's borderline. It probably was just yellow over red, but then should have been booked after. Johnny? Yeah, Jake. Jones, I think, didn't didn't offer anything first off really from left wing back. Um, second second half, we looked a lot better when we were trying that pass into the channel. 
from him. But I thought we only we only tried it two or three times when we probably should have probably should have stuck at it. And I know eventually they're going to work it out and, and cover it. But until then, like I don't know why we didn't use it a bit more. He had he had enough for the ball at his feet, Jonesy did. Um, it wasn't it. It was it was Dan. It was a frustrated figure of Dan Jones, and he was one of three for me yesterday that looked frustrated. Like you could visibly see that something wasn't right. Jonesy plays with a smile on his face all the time, and he just didn't have that about him. He looked like he was annoyed about something, and maybe it was being shifted around. Maybe it was feeling like he lost the responsibility that he'd, he'd had recently, or maybe it was just pissed off that he was playing against a good team and he just couldn't get he couldn't get into it. I don't know. But yeah, he's five for Jonesy. Um he's probably the opposite of Matty for me. I think he was pretty much anonymous first off and they got in behind Jones quite a lot. Liam Palmer from right centre off pulled out onto that side a lot and their their wing their wing back and doubled up on him and Hall quite quite a lot and had a bit of success down there. So yeah, five for Jonesy, but I think operation sign a wing back needs to be in full force if if for whatever reason Corky hasn't got the faith in Malpoy these games. Yeah. Shall I give you my view why I think Jones started left wing back? And I don't think it's just because we expect it to be more defensive. You watch that first off, and every time we played the ball out from the back. We didn't go down the middle because they got that McGinn. He says it's on loan from Cardiff, who's six foot eight and was winning everything. I know he's not six foot eight, by the way, but he's a big lad and won everything in the air. If you go the other side, you've got Gavin Massey, who's shorter when he jumps than when he stands. I think we've got him on there because we were playing the ball out diagonal. And if you look, every time we played the ball out, it was to Jones. And he won every header, I think. But does that justify playing someone left wing back just to play the diagonal when they had it? I think well, that's why he started there. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. That I, th- I think he started there to, to add aerial pre- presence. But by doing that, because of the engine he's not got, he got caught. He got caught out a few really? times behind. And I think I, I don't. I don't think it added anything attackingly. We should have tried passing the ball rather than just lumping it sometimes. Yeah, agree. But it just seemed to me, watching, that that was the reason Jones was there to win Edis, which is strange to play someone in the left wing back position to, just to win Edis. Say put Smithy there if you, if you want if you want someone to win Edis then. Yeah, but they probably don't want Paul Smithy out from centre off, and they were willing to pull Jones out from centre off. Yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, that's just what it seemed like to me. That was the first thing that crossed my head. But anyway, that was Dan Jones into the midfield. It is who's next? Hugh okay. Johnny. Your first, we'll give you the tough and let's go captain Tom Conlon. Tom was the best player on the pitch for 20 minutes. And I include Chef Wednesday players as well. He was, I thought Tom Conlon was brilliant the first 20 minutes. He was in and around. He was talking. He was battling. He wasn't giving Barry Bannon a minute. And then he handles it, which... Like you've said, Bears, it isn't like he stuck his hand out and tried to stop it. It's it's not like it's a reactional thing. It's just he's, he's spread his body to turn and it's hit his hand. So it's not it's not handball as such, but it is now. Um, 
you've got to ask your question, has has he called for it? Because he can see it coming over Harrison's head. So has he called for it? Or has Alice just made the decision to jump? That's a communication thing that, that we should be sorting out. As soon as he handles it, for whatever reason, his head falls off and he's going chasing, he's going wanting, he's putting, he's putting himself in stupid positions, which then his reluctance to use his right foot comes out then. Because that second goal, he dicks around with it, dicks around with it, when he could just roll one off to Sammy with his right foot, and then he ends up swinging his right foot at it, it going about five yards, and it causing us all kinds of havoc. So I feel a bit for Tom, because I feel like he's his own worst enemy. But it was a four performance, and it's 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 becoming it's becoming all too common for him. And it's... It's hard. I've seen people questioning where Charlesley and Walker are, but I don't think either of them to improve that midfield. So if if you're asking me, do we stick with Conlon over them pair, then yeah, 100%. But I don't know. Like, Funzo's now been on the bench for two games and hasn't seen a minute of football. So it, it's it's an odd one. And like I say, I do feel sorry for, for Tom because he started well and for whatever reason decided to beat himself up about it. Cork, he mentioned he held his hands up in the dressing room and stuff like that. I don't think you need to. I don't, I think it was a genuine mistake. It wasn't, it wasn't a rash tackle. Do you know if Jonesy had been sent off for his tackle, for example, hold your hands up and say sorry for that. But yeah, maybe he needs, maybe he's, he's the one that needed a captain there to put his arm around him and say, don't worry about it, kid. Everything's going to be all right. Yeah. Steve. Yeah, I, a thousand percent on the penalty. It was one of those things. You play 500 league games over your career every now and then, that's going to happen. It's just not a non-fault thing because obviously it was handball, but it wasn't rash. He was just he was just unlucky. And I don't I don't agree with you that he was the best player on the pitch for the first 20 minutes. I thought he was okay. I don't think it was any more than that. And I'm struggling to find what his best position is. At one point last season, behind the front two, because he was he got a goal and he got a free kick, he could pick a pass. I've not seen much evidence of that. He reinvents himself as, as a workman-like midfielder, but he's not as good at Garrity as that. I'm not sure he's as good defensively in pick, picking up the space as Pet. So I'm struggling to find what he is. But what you just said about Charles and Walker, I completely agree with you again there, mate, that I'm not dropping Conlon for either of them pair. I'm just not. Ojo, if he's fits a man. And we've said it before, we've got a lot of options in midfield, but they're all they're all samey. And none of them have got a lot of League One experience. And they were and Collins up against really, really, really good players yes last night. And but I'm struggling to find where Conlon fits into a midfield to the midfield at the moment, what type of player what type of player he is or what type of player we expect him to be. And I think pulling him out of the firing line wouldn't do him any harm if he yeah. fit. Yeah, I'm with you, Steve. He's one that earlier when I said maybe some players have hit the glass ceiling and they're kind of playing to the maximum and if and when we're ready to push further forward, we need upgrade. I've stopped making excuses for Conlon now because I have done for six months since he come back and I can't make any more excuses. He's he's an okay League One footballer. He's you know he's okay for where we are now. 
I think as and when we're ready, push forward. We're going to have to upgrade. He's a very good League Two footballer. They proved that when he was fit in League Two. He's an OK League One footballer. He's not Barry Bannon. And there was times last night where it looked as though Conlon was running and treacle chasing him round. Certainly from the camera angle, you know. And Barry Bannon, I don't associate with being quick. But Conlon just couldn't keep up. That's when Bannon yard, got, yeah, yeah, but that's when Bannon had got the ball. It wasn't yeah. like he was just chasing him in a foot race. Bannon is controlling the ball and running. And he's still getting further and further away from Conlon. Yeah, and, Barry Bannon's got that half a yard in his head, though. That's the thing. Like, Do you remember Wes Houlihan? Yeah. Or he was outpacing people because he's got that half yard in his head. Yeah, I mean, but this was running straight. It was yeah, but it's... But yeah, I think Conlon, he's okay for where we are now and where we are, he's okay. But I think we need to stop yeah. looking at him as this, you know, he's going drag us through games and he's going outshine everyone in this league he's not. Just, just quickly then for both of you, Stockport County, who've got a bit of money, are about 10th in League 2. If yeah. they come in with hundred grand for for Conlon or fifty, do you do you, if your if your flickers do you say, go on Tom, go and get them promoted and we'll move on, or would you hold on to him with him being out of contract? I wouldn't take fifty. I'd want more than that, but I'd be open to listening. See, I, yep. see, I, I don't think you get more than fifty grand for him. So yeah, I take it. I, I, I'm I, I'm in, more inclined to agree with you, Johnny. I don't think we would. I think that, I, I, and also for him personally, I think he's at a level now where a lot of fans are getting frustrated by him. It might be just, you know, in any in job, sometimes in any walk of life, it's time to move on and get get a fresh perspective. And that might be where Conlon's at now. He's 26, 27, well, is he 26, something like that? Maybe a move for him would be good for everybody. Because, you know, you can't fault his effort, he, he cares, and he's obviously a good club captain. But whether that goes against him because he seems to have more lives on the pitch than say Tom Pett or you know some some of some of the others, I you know I, I wonder about Tom where where he fit where he fits in long term. I think what goes against him, being totally honest, is the fact that we all expect so much of him. Yeah, and I yeah. think we do. Um, it's right we do. He's the club captain. We've seen what he can do. I think if we signed a midfielder in January that come in and played every game as Tom Conlon has played every game this season, we go, he's a good signing, he is, he's okay. But I don't I think, think we'd be we... waxing lyrical about him. I don't think we'd be saying, wow, look at this play that's come in. But I don't think we'd be giving the stick that Tom Conlon gets. See, I disagree. I'd, I'd, I'd disagree entirely with that, yeah. I think yeah, we I... would. If we signed a player like Conlon who played exactly the same, I'd be saying, why have we signed him? Because look at the look at the grief you're giving Gavin Massey this this, this season. Yeah, he's come from a promoted side. Yeah, but you just said if you signed a player from from League One, it's the same. It's the same, same situation. If we, if we say say for example when we had when when Tom Lowry was here tra- training and we all turned around and said, yeah, we don't really need him. Yeah, how stupid are we? Um, yes. <laughs> when we said our oh, our midfield's all right, if he would have put them performances in that Conlon's put in this season, people would have been slating him. Okay, he doesn't help that he's from Crew, so there's there's that that little extra. But I, I would if we were to sign someone like that, I would not have been happy. Mm, maybe I just do think we do expect more from Conlon than everyone else. Yeah. I think we do, but he's he's not doing this. He's not doing the stuff that he used to do in terms of 
the free kick that he put in against Morecambe was terrible. When was the last time he put in a good dead ball? Yeah, in all uh, fairness, in League Two, week in, week out, we were saying Tom Conlon's been excellent. Tom Conlon's been excellent. Tom Conlon's been all over the place. He's done this. He's done that. I can only recall one game this season we've come here and gone, Tom Conlon's back. And then yeah. the week after, he's gone again. I can't remember the game, but there was one game where we were like, God, Tom Conlon's back. I don't think we do expect too much of him anymore. I think we did. I think everybody who does this podcast, I think we've all dialed down our expectations of him and I'm come to terms with that. I think we did expect too much of him, but I think we don't anymore. And if we had signed a player who performed like him and we, God heaven forbid, we paid money for him, we'd all be game. Well, that's one the recruitment team have got wrong. Maybe, maybe. Let's 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 hope Tom Conlon comes back. But I do think we've gone from a player that dominated games in League Two, and as a fan base, we probably expect him to dominate games in League One. And it, it hasn't happened, and isn't going to happen. And that's where Michael O'Connor would dominate games in League One. Oh, don't do that to me. No, no, O'Connor. He would, wouldn't he? I miss him. Yeah, well, yeah, and. Him and, if, him and Chris Lyons are brilliant centre centre midfielders. We we properly yeah. underestimated them pair when we had them. Agree, agree. What was what was that goal that Owen O'Connor just picked the ball up in midfield? Cardi, Cardi, and banged it in the top corner. Cardi from the cut from about forty five yards yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. O'Connor no, yeah. was a great. And Pope used to rave about O'Connor. O'Connor was a class act, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. We've had nothing. We've had nothing like that, you know, since since him. Anyway. No, but yeah, let's move on. Steve, on to you. He was recalled last night, Tom Pett. I thought he was off the pace to start with. thought he grew into the game a bit. He was neat and tidy, but he didn't offer anything. But I think he was hard to throw him back into to throw him back into that game. But I don't think, you know, going back to Conlon, if two if those two players perform at the same level, Pett's always getting the Shepherd's crew Conlon isn't. And I'm not sure why. But Pett was he was average. He wasn't good. He wasn't, I don't know. He didn't do anything that makes me think, Christ, I can see why Pet's been brought back into the team. But I think he's deserved to play more than he has and I think he needs a run of games. Yeah, I thought, I think, I think this is probably Tom Pet's worst performance in a Vale shirt, I'd say. Like, I, I think he was half a yard off. You, you saw a lot of the time... He, he was chasing shadows a little bit. I don't know if that's partly to do with what Clarkie said about the formation not being right. But Steve said, obviously, you know that you know the player. The order of our midfield in terms of substitutions is always going to be Pet, Garrity, Conlon, isn't it? If if we're making all three, um. So yeah, I can see why he was brought off, but not necessarily agree with it. But yeah. Five performance, I think it just wasn't it wasn't quite good enough for the half he was on the pitch. Yeah, that's fair. Johnny, staying with you, it was pushed further forward, Ben Garrity. Yeah, um average performance from Ben. In the space of about five minutes, you saw the good, the bad, and the very ugly of him, didn't you? You saw the good where he went and won the ball. You saw the bad where he tried play the pass and it ricocheted off their lad. And then you saw the ugly where he then tried a five-yard pass that their lad nicked in and then he went and dragged him down. So I think that summed up Ben's game, that 
the stuff that he was in there for to win it back, he did he, he did well. After that, he just he, he just he looked to the he looked back to the Ben Garrett earlier in the season where you where we were questioning whether there was a, a footballer in there or if he was just the win it off and pass it pass it to the better players. The the sort of what Ojo said he was when he signed sort of thing. But yeah, it was six for Garrity. I think he was the best of the midfield three, but only just. Yeah, and for me, he's another one that probably could have picked up a second yellow card and probably should have done. There was an incident where he'd already been booted and he dragged the lad down and I thought he's gone here. But ref, it was quite reluctant to book any Sheffield players until he had to. Did as a solid with both of them. Steve, on to you for Garrity. I thought Garrity was marginally the best of the three. Um, he wasn't fantastic, but he is there to win the ball and pass it pass it to the the better better players. And the better when he did do that, the better players gave it away. He was combative. He won his headers. He gets about. He never he never throws it in. He never shits it out. Got a lot of time. I've got a lot of time for Ben Garrity. I really have, and I thought he did his job better than the other two did theirs. But that's not to say he was fantastic, and that's not to say you know he's going to hit a defence splitting pass or anything like that. I would have liked to have seen him try and press the middle of their centre halves a bit, but that will not have been down to him. I think that will be a management decision to to sit in and not give us any space behind him. He was. Yeah, he was marginally better than the other th- the other two, but he wasn't. He was okay, Ben was. He was decent enough for me. Yeah, and then on to the strikers. Steve, you first, so it's only fair I come to you with your brother from Bedulf. You can have Willow. Don't think he had a lot of service. Gave the ball away a couple of times. His pass through Frelis' first chance was lovely. He cut inside, uh, had that chance... From my position, I have no idea whether it was going miles wide or it was just, just blasting past the post. I think he suffers when we go to 3-4-3. I'm not sure how, how fit he is. At the moment, I don't think we're getting the best out of him with all this dropping him for a game, resting for a game. But I don't know why we're doing that. I thought it was a six for, six for Willow. I'm starting to worry about him a bit. for Not for him, the player, but for how we're using him. And where he fits in this evolution to the three four three, and but when Harrison is as bad as he is, you might as well Willow. You might as well put Willow in the middle of the front three if Harrison is going to play a lot, because Willow needs to play off Harrison. Harrison wasn't winning headers, wasn't holding it up, so he's frustrating for Willow. He was okay, but I'm not going to say he was fantastic. Johnny, yeah, I think Steve summed summed it up pretty well. Um... I think everyone worries when he goes down injured, don't they? He seems to be the target of a big tackle quite regularly because people know he's, he's your best player. Um, and obviously people know about his injury record as well. Um, my the, the pass into Harrison, the only thing you can say is that you wish it was the other way around because I think Willow takes a touch and scores that one. Um his effort wasn't too bad. It's overall decent performance from him. Yeah, six six feels right. Um, and I just think that it's 
the, the in and out business feels more protecting Willow when he's at, when when he's at home because the pitch is heavy and horrible and is probably more prone to a muscular injury than it is about performances from him. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you both on that. And for the one who cut in, it was a good effort. He was unlucky. It was you know keeper. I think knew it was going wide, but unlucky. Another day that might just sneak yeah. in. Just before we go on, I said to you guys, but. There's a there's a bloke behind me. He was absolutely battering Cole. He made a glass, you know. And I I did turn around. I did bite. It's not something I'm a, I'm a massive fan of, really. But you know, always made a glass. He's shit. He's that the other. He should be on the pitch. That youth went right through the back of him deliberately, you know. And it, it was it was a heavy tackle. You know, a lot of players are getting injured injured in that that type of thing. And Willow did carry on. He just was just down for two or three minutes. I don't think it's fair for him to be accused of being made a glass when people are going through the back of him like that. Yeah. No. He. It was an heavy tackle. Reft out with it for me. It was heavy tackle. And I was worried because he didn't move and then he got sub pretty quick after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Johnny, you can start then with Alice Addison, who's frustrating me at the moment. And there is a good player there, but at the moment, his confidence looks absolute rock bottom. Well, question for you. Like, is this the reason why Harrison didn't succeed uh, Ipswich and Portsmouth. It could be because, be. like, like, like you said, there's a good player in there. We've seen that. The the positives of his performance, and there was there is positives, is that he's still getting in the position to miss miss them. Do you know what I mean? And which means that eventually one's gonna one's gonna have to go in. War of averages says one's gonna have to go in. I'd be more worried if he wasn't in the positions. What does need to happen is, and I don't know how, Clarkie mentioned last season, was it last, yeah, beginning of last season, that Devante Rodney needed a slap before the game to get him fired up. I think we need to give Alice Harrison some calms because I think he gets himself too wound up. And I get that. He's probably been twatted by a centre-half, pinched, pulled around and and whatnot. And part part of the enjoyance of his game is the fact that he is a bit aggressive and we do like that sort of side of it, but we just, we do need to, we do need to try and curb that enthusiasm and get him back in between the posts and get him back scoring. And I just think that the, the, the chef Wednesday summed up all that's bad with Harrison at the minute. So it was a three out of 10 performance. It was, it was really bad for me. Um, but, yeah, he's still getting in the positions at the minute. Yeah, it, it was really bad for me as well. Steve? Yeah, it was bad. Um, when, when Ellis has not been scoring, and he hasn't been scoring for quite a while, I can't remember his last goal. I suspect it was a penalty. But he has been a handful. He was, he's been winning headers. He's he's been been Steve. Sorry, yeah, yeah his, his last goal in open play was Shrewsbury at home. That was his last goal in open play. And I think when was that? Um, October. I say yeah. October time. Was it? Yeah. Bearing in mind, we will just you know caveat he did have a spell out during after that. Yeah, yeah. but that was that was his last goal in an open play. Uh, he has he has scored a penalty since, which was against Forest Green. Was he? Did he score a penalty? Yeah, he did at the end, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Shrewsbury was seventeenth of September. 
Jesus. That was his last goal on open play. The rest have been penalties. I think that Harrison's take his goals away from him. He had a bit of the act post dodgy about him. He was a nuisance. He'd hold it all. He'd win headers, both boxes. He seems to have lost that part of his game, which is a, which for me is a big worry about as the chances he's missing because you can contribute as a centre forward without necessarily banging in the goals. Obviously, you need somebody to, but he seems to have lost that. But I will throw this into you. I don't know if you saw on Andy Fleming's YouTube channel. He was the last time when we met, beat Sheffield Wednesday on Boxing Day. Steve Brooker scored. Before that day, he'd gone 27 games without a goal or something like that. And then went on a real run. That's what we need Alice to do. But up front, we are very, very light. And out of form, Harrison, and out of form, Harrison Willow being managed. I'm not a massive Meepo fan. Proctor's disappeared, it would appear. We need to do something there. But then, as I said last year, and as everybody knows, in January, everybody wants a 20-goal season centre-forward who will play for 500 quid a week. So where we get one from, I don't know. But Ellis is starting to worry me now. Yeah, it, what? it worries me because that chance in the first half, he should at least be hitting targets. And in M4, Madison takes a couple of touches in the box and forces a save minimum, probably scores. The one that really turned the game for me was that one he missed in the six-yard box in the second half. He's three yards out. And I get, you know, the ball's come across, it's fizzed at him, he's in the right position. But that goes in, it's one all, we're in the ascendancy. Not long later, they scored a goal, sucker punch, and game's over. That turned the game for me, that chance he missed. And a striker shouldn't be missing from three yards out. He shouldn't be putting it over the bar from three yards out. And that frustrates me. I, I love Alice Harris, I think he's a great player. But he really needs something to happen at the moment. Whether it's get him on the training pitch and just kick the ball into an empty goal to get him feeling that sensation again of the ball hitting the net. But something's got to happen for Alice Addison because he can't carry on like this. Well, that, that, that's, in, that's interesting you say that. Michael Owen once said that when, when he's going through a bad spell, he didn't practice finishing. Because what you're doing is you're practicing bad technique. He said mm-hmm. when he was scoring goals, that's when he'd be practicing it because you, you're drilling into yourself good technique. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe he says at the minute he's just going through such a bad spell in front of goal that we need we, we, we might need to think of something different or something could be going on behind the scenes. He might not be training all week and just be patching himself up because he's got no choice. What that says to Mipo, I don't know. But again, kind of not. Not the same sort of player, is he? But yeah, yeah, no, interesting, interesting. But yeah, summer's gone on there, right? Very quickly because we've been on over an hour now, and we've got we'll preview the forest green game in about 10 seconds. Uh, subs obviously, Sammy Robinson, shining light, man of the match, Sammy Robinson for me, yeah. um, best player on the pitch. Um, he, he, he. He made that sort of similar mistake that he made against Morecambe, where he was out, out jumped at the back, the back stick in the second half. So obviously that's something he needs to work on, and he, he can't grow a foot or anything like that. So he needs work on defensive positioning and a bit of basic jumping and challenging sort of thing for it as well. But going forward, he was he was immense and. How we didn't score off one of his balls going forwards beyond me. It's yeah, it was it, it was unfortunate for Robinson as well because 
he'd put in such a bad performance against Morecambe to to go and do that. You kind of think, well, what if he was a bit better against Morecambe and he would have kept his place, sort of thing. But hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Again, would Clark have started him because he wanted the defensive solid solidity? Maybe who knows? So yeah. decent, maybe. decent performance from Sammy. But yeah, six, seven out of ten for Sammy. Yeah, I'd agree. Is it a bit of a worry that your biggest threat going forward is a 20-year-old right-wing back who you have to bring on? No, it doesn't worry me. Doesn't, no. I just, just thought he was brilliant. You know, he was the one player who looked like he could beat a man. He was a threat. They didn't know what to do with him. They didn't know what to do with him, did they? And that's really good. It's a better pitch up there. You know, he could get out of a bit more when the game was stretched in the second half more than against Morecambe, but yeah, Sammy looked like the player we thought we had up until Morecambe, didn't we? But he's a young lad, so his performances are going to up and down, up and down, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They are. And that's it. So we'll move on very briefly. Foddy screen away, Johnny. Brought to you by Andy PVFC's taxis. It is indeed. That's who's brought to you by. Um, yeah, there's there's not really a lot to say about Forest Green at the minute, as the, they lost yesterday to Burton. Um, they're in some dire form they've lost the last three um, after having two wins on the bounce so they're unbeaten in three previous to that so they're, they're, they're a bit up and down but yeah um, lost the last two relegation six pointers really really. Um, they lost two once Burton and one nil to MK so I think we've, we've just got to go out and go at these we've, we've got to We've got to put ourselves on the front foot. They, they've still got some decent decent players in there. Do you know what I mean? They've still got Bailey Cargill in there and Ben Stevenson and Jamal Matt and um, that Josh Marsh. So they, they've still they've still got a decent squad. Um, and we can't we we cannot be like underestimating these at all. Uh, but what I think we've got to do is we've we've got to go and put a stamp on it. The Matthew Stevens is back on the bench now, the lad that scored 23 goals last season who got injured. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Um, but yeah, for me, if if we can go out, put his best eleven out, and let's let's put on a bit of a show. Yeah. Yeah, if we win this, if we beat them tomorrow, or Sunday, sorry, we'll be 15 points clear of them. I'm not saying we could, we're relegating them, but that they're not getting 15 points back off off us. That's saw some stuff where their fans were arguing amongst themselves. They're not happy bodies down there, and them, and that's just, not just because the vegan sausage rolls. Um, so if we go there positively. I think we pick a team that goes on the front foot. I think Butterworth can play. Be interested to see if Willow does play two games in a short space of time in hours. But I think if we can go there, I think at home we maybe underestimated them a bit. Um, if we go there and win, that'd be a really, really... I think if we win there, we've had a decent Christmas in the league. Six points, you know, and in a, in a good spot. Yeah, it also, would be. If we can win there, six points out of the nine, you'd take that every day of the week, wouldn't you? And so we'll just yeah. go there and do the job and it'll be interesting to see I presume Johnny's going to go back to the three four three for this one. I don't know. I I, I wouldn't. And I think Harrison and Willow are the best two strikers. So if Willow's fit, you've got to play him both for me, and you've got to play him with strikers. But if he's not, then three four three works, doesn't it? You can 
let, let's let's look at it. Like Steve just said, Butterworth's got to be got to be in there somewhere. I think he was pos- he was positive when he came on against Chef Wednesday. So I'd, I'd definitely find a place for Dan Butterworth. Yeah, I, I'm going three four three if it's me. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, on a personal note, I hope he doesn't rain because I'm um, in the because uh, I got my tickets very late. We're in the open Terry section, so I'm hoping it doesn't batter it down. First day of my diet, so I don't want to be um, don't want to be cold and wet and reaching for a pie too early. I tell you what's lovely there, Steve. The chips and curry sauce is banging at Forest Green. Oh, we can start on the second, can't you? Know, when you I'm starting on the second. <laughs> it, it's 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 all vegan, so vegan stuff's healthy, isn't it? Yeah. The, the so, chicken nuggets last year, as friend of the show, Simcox will tell you, were apps. Was it the nuggets? So the gravy he said one of them. He said they were awful. <laughs> yeah, well, vegan vegan chicken nuggets normally are awful. Yeah. Like I had someone telling me that they were like, they are oh, these ones take like McDonald's ones, and I was like, that's not a positive. No. <laughs> No, definitely not. But yeah, so avtiming.com and we've got some races coming up. I may even sign up for one of them myself, to be fair. So coming up, we have got two new races for shout outs in the coming weeks. And also Andy Vickerman from avtiming.com will be joining your Red January, Johnny. So we need to reshare that. I do. Yeah. So Red January. The two is not coming up is... The first one's called Eliminator, which is in Kiel on the 22nd of Jan. I don't like um, the sound of that one, if I'm totally honest. But the one I, I do think I might do is Beloy Bypass 10K Congleton on the 12th of Feb. Now, I know that's too early for our 10K for the Ailing Bale podcast, but I might do that myself. Sounds a plan. So, yeah, first goal scored to Johnny in time. Seven minutes. Ooh. And Tom Conlon. Ooh. <laughs> Whoa. Steve for me Ben Garrity bully tender 30 minutes I'm going Dan Butterworth 17 full time score Johnny 4-0 win wow Steve we're winning 1-0 we're good at winning 1-0 it's, it's our greatest attribute we're binary yeah I'm going 2-0 clean sheet 2-0 so we're all going for a win. So happy days there. Lineups then, Johnny. Um, I think if he's if he's allowed, Stevens will be in goal. Mm. Obviously, we we don't know whether Oxford will be that petty if they are calling him back to, to call him back straight away, which means he won't be able to play. But so if he's allowed, Stevens in goal, and then I think we'll go. We'll revert back to Smithy, Jones, and Connor all as the back three. I think Robinson and um, Benning will be my wing backs. Pat Garrity and Conlon start, and I'd be starting Butterworth next, just behind, well, in and in and around Harrison. And that's what you do, or you think Clark will do. That's what I think Clark will do because I, th- I think I think the way Willow went off suggests to me that we're not going to risk him. Yeah, and what would you do? Me? Yeah. If if everyone's fit, then I'd start Willow, Butterworth, and Harrison as 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 the three up front. Butterworth just 
just behind Harrison. Um, but I don't think there's much there's much difference. Forrester probably in there, Smithy in the centre, Jones at left centre half, really. Um, but I don't want to make too many tweaks. Yeah. But, I assume Jamel, I assume Jamel Matt will play, Willie. Yeah, Matt's Matt, Matt started the last few games, and like I say, Matt Stevens has been on the bench. Yeah, you, you've got Smithy picking up Jamel Matt. There's no, yeah. you can't. Joe's doing that. So I don't. I'd bring I'd bring Smithy to the centre. I think. Well, then they play two up front, Steve. Still, so they play that Marsh as well. So, oh, yeah. your lineup, Steve. I'd go. I would go. Obviously, Stevenson goals. I'd have Smithy in the centre. I'd have Jones left. Think, and if he's fit, have Forrester right. I'd be tempted to give Sammy Goat right wing back without Wazzy. Uh, Mal on the left. I'd have a midfield uh, three of <sighs> Pet, Ben Garrity, and I think I'd have Butterworth in just behind Willow and Harrison if Willow plays. If Willow isn't fit to play, I'd shift Butterworth into the number 10. And bring Conlon back in. I think Conlon could do the rest for his own good. Just take yeah. him out of the firing line. Yeah, he'll never do this. But my lineup, <laughs> I'm going three four three. So, which I think he will do. Stevens in goal at the back. I'm going Forrester, Smith, Jones, wing. Well, the four across midfield from right to left. I'm going Robinson on the right, middle two of Ojo and Garrity, and I'm going for Benning on the left. And a front three, I'm going Butterworth, kind of a free roll. Willow through the middle, because it's worked when Addison's been out injured. So I'm going Willow through the middle. I'm going Massey on the right. Conlon's on the bench. Addison's on the bench. Yeah. You've been cool. I don't, I, I, don't think, I don't think anyone could argue with that based on performance. But I do. I am, I am a believer that you put your best players out and the best players will find form rather than I don't think you find form sitting on the bench, do you? No. At the moment, some of them couldn't find their arse with both hands. On the bench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's overly arse. I just said that for the jokes. But yeah, for me, Conlon and Addison just need taken out the firing line now and then bring them on with half an hour go where the opposition's a bit tired and they look a bit better and they get a bit of confidence because of that. That's where yeah. I'm going. Yeah, I see what you're thinking. But like I said, good logic in that. Good logic yeah. in that. That's what I'm thinking. That's where I'm going. But until then, get yourselves down Johnny's bar for a pint. St. John's Square, Burslem. Johnny, anything else to add, Steve? You're waving at me. Yeah, just before we go, can I give a big shout out to a friend of mine, Dave Fletcher? He listens no, every week. You can't, we're going to edit this. You can't. Well, I've got a good <laughs> edit. <laughs> I was talking to Dave last night and he's going to see my old school friend Claire. She's been in Australia since we were like 23, 24. She escaped Biddlemore, so all power to it. And he hasn't been able to see his daughter since 2019. And he's going to be listening to this on a plane on New Year's Eve as he flies over. So have a good trip, Dave, and say hello to Claire from me. Yeah, have a good trip, Dave. Say hello to Claire from me too. Yeah, say hello, from, say hello to Claire from me as well, Dave. <laughs> As Claire got husband, she'll be like, who's all these blokes saying hi to you? Yeah, she's yeah, she's my Australian fellow, James. <laughs> Lovely bloke. <laughs> Strength. <laughs> Dave will just have to explain that she's from Bedulf. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah she, she broke the mould, the Claire. <laughs> Johnny, anything else to add? No, not really. I think, I think like I say, we... We're, we're in a good place. Let's finish, let's finish on a positive note. We're in hey, a very... you are. Steve's in bed off. Well, yeah, I know. We're, we're in a <laughs> <Yeah>. good place. <laughs> we're in a good place. God I'm only joking to the bed off people that are listening. <laughs> Got a lot of listeners in bed off. Half the yeah. team live in bed off. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get two from your house, seeing as your lad listens. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. He's, he, he'll be... He'll be uh, He's gone. He come downstairs this morning. I've listened to all the clock. He's a bit. He was a bit knackered last night. He was, he was asleep on the bus. So I was thinking of setting fire to his shoelaces, but um, <laughs> we didn't, didn't want to do that. He had some trainings for Christmas. But yeah, Joe listens, and yeah, I just reiterate what you said, Johnny. We're in a we're ninth in League One. Just drink that in before you go saying X, Y, and Z's crap. We need to, to get rid of half the team. And I saw somebody asking for the money back. Which always makes me laugh. And it's like last night you were at Sheffield Wednesday. If you were lucky enough to go with 3,000 3, new fellow Vale fans, two seasons ago we were at Rochdale with fifty people there, you know, and stuff like that. It's a good time for us. And just when you reflect the new year, just think about that. But happy new year to everyone, basically. And let's say we have a good good end to the season. Yeah, happy new year, Johnny. See us out. Well. I've literally, I've just, I've just popped onto Twitter. Oh no! And oh, I've been going an hour twenty-three here. I know, but I thought someone, I, I thought this bloke was dead. Matt Darby <laughs> should sign for Bradford City. Oh wow! Eighteen oh, months. Well, I don't know. The, apparently, the experienced frontman has agreed to leave the Indian Super League side, Northeast United. Well, right. Yeah, I've heard of him for a while. I know, yeah, that's, where I, that, that's why I thought he just dropped off the face of the earth. Yeah. And Charlie Austin has gone back to Swindon, hasn't he? Yeah, from yeah. Australia. Yeah. He's, perhaps he's, perhaps he's you'll see him at the airport, Dave. If you see Charlie at the yeah. airport, say hi <laughs> to him from me. shit. Yeah. I mean, Dave's actually flying via Frankfurt because it's cheaper to go straight to go fly Germany to Australia than it is to go straight from the UK, apparently. Wise man, Dave. Clever fella. Wow. Very good. Go on then, Johnny. See us out. Yeah, so, so, so like you say, get yourselves down Forest Green on uh, New Year's Day. But before then, enjoy your New Year's Eve, have an ale and up the veil. So it's full time from the pod and we've just lost again. And now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking to who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, Cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we go. So order McDelivery on on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.